Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fabulous Pelton Cast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And Gino Smith has a new contract. Uh, the day before the deadline to use the franchise tag on players, uh, Jordan Schultz, the first to report that the Seahawks and Gino Smith had agreed to a three-year, $105 million extension that uh, allows him to make up to $52 million in the first calendar year. And right off the bat, this came hours, Tristan. After you were telling me you wanted the Seahawks to trade Gino Smith. Oh, wow, you had to roast me like Oh, that. we're going to come right out with it. I don't know. I don't know if I, I guess it would count as trading if you franchise tag somebody and then trade them. Uh, But look, I don't disagree with myself from two hours ago, necessarily. It's not like this contract uh, changes anything. We just don't know what else was out there. And I do think the thing that you have to look at is Gino Smith wanted to stay in Seattle. Clearly, he said it publicly, probably to his agent's uh, uh, ire at various times. His agent also was out there talking to teams. The negotiation period actually starts way before the negotiation period starts. People understand what the money is going to look like for a quarterback like this. And it's been interesting that the quarterbacks like Danny Dimes and Gino are getting these deals done now. Obviously, the franchise deadline is a deadline that teams want to hit, but teams prioritize keeping their players at home. But it also might have meant that their their, their agents, well, Dimes, I think, is getting a very good amount of money. But Gino's agent was probably fairly confident that the money that would have been there from the Jets or the Buccaneers possibly was not going to be that great of an increase over what the Seahawks offer was. And they ended up committing to the Seahawks in this moment. And I think it's awesome for Gino. It's awesome for the Seahawks to get this done early because it does set sort of the goals for the rest of this offseason, knowing what's going to happen. I mean, I think that's actually going to be one of the interesting discussion points coming out of this. And we'll learn a lot more. Look, we don't know what the structure of this contract is. The way that contracts reported is, you know, typically it's coming from sources within the agent's camp. And therefore, it's reported at maximum possible value in the most favorable light to the player. And we already saw this earlier on Monday with the contract that ultimately probably did set the tone for this deal between Gino Smith and the Seahawks, the one that Derek Carr is a free agent struck with the New Orleans Saints that originally was being reported at like $37.5 million average value. Now it's become clear that's because there's a $50 million base salary in the last year of the deal that fake year. is unlikely to ever be seen. And it's actually really a three-year, $100 million deal. Even if Derek deal. Carr is good, it'll never be seen. Or, or even if he, he stays with the Saints, it will be restructured into something totally different. So it was a three-year, $100 million deal, and this is in that same ballpark. And we saw that the Saints have the ability to get out of that contract after two years. And I would assume that something very similar to that is true with the Seahawks deal. We'll talk a little bit about the what we can assume from the structure in a second here before we get the full details of this contract. But I don't think this takes drafting a quarterback even in the first round off the table. No, I definitely, I, I definitely, no, I do not think it takes it off the table. I agree with you. And I think the Seahawks understand how important it is to have, they've said it out loud, right? They've told us. They understand how valuable. It lowers the possibility pretty significantly. It doesn't take it off the table, but it lowers the, from where I was at two hours ago versus where I'm at now, I think that the chances of the Seahawks drafting a quarterback like Anthony Richardson 
were feeling kind of high for a second there. There was feeling like there was some steam around it. I think the most important thing that happened here was not necessarily this last weekend and the uh, the combine that Anthony Richardson had was not even about the Seahawks, though. I think it was. There's a chance that he's going to be there at five, and that pick is a lot more enticing now, knowing that there is a quarterback wait, wait, who's possibly a, there. Anthony Richardson is possibly there at five? I would not guarantee it at all. Is I don't that think a it question is a... mark previous. I don't. I don't think Anthony Richardson's stock changed as much as it. The media is going to perceive it. I'm saying I think there's a chance that he goes higher than five. I understand what you're saying, and I do not agree with that assessment. Oh, especially with the Jalen Carter news plus this. Well, yeah, the Jalen Carter news now that legitimately does change things. Yes, his uh, his arrest on on charges of of speeding and reckless driving, racing and reckless driving. So I I do think that I think there's a chance that Anthony Richardson is, goes ahead of the fifth pick in the draft. It'd be stupid to say that there isn't a chance. I mean, there's a chance. I are we were convinced that he's ahead of Will Levis on team sports just because of the fact that he jumped real high. I mean, he also ran a terrific forty. Yeah, I actually do. Yes, I think he's ahead of Will Levis on team sports. I mean, I, I think Will Levis did not have a good combine. That's not know, what we're here to say, though. Don't is know the which idea, sources you have here. If there is a, everybody was fucking excited about it. I'm sorry, every person. Oh, okay. That's, well, when people are people were excited about DK Metcalf's combine too. How did that work out for him in the draft? It's different. I don't, I don't, yeah, you're right. The combine is actually a much more meaningful indicator for wide receivers than it is for quarterbacks. Again, I think that's a media hype versus an NFL team thing that I do not agree. All that I'm saying is that we know that a quarterback who could be there with the fifth pick in the draft, there's always going to be a quarterback out there. No, there's not. There's not always going to be a quarterback out there. In this year's draft, there was always going to be a quarterback out there with the fifth pick in the draft. Fine, whatever. The Seahawks are in a better position to trade out of that pick and pick up even more assets in this situation. And they, they're not going to feel the need necessarily to go grab a quarterback with that fifth pick because I really do think, I, I understand they could kind of have it both ways. You could draft a quarterback early and re-sign Geno. I'm just going to be straight up, that's not happening. You don't sign a quarterback to this deal and then go draft go draft a quarterback with the fifth pick of the draft. Okay, we need to talk about this deal then. Because so if you're saying, number one, okay, so... Jordan Schultz reported and others have confirmed 52 million in the first year. That's going to be some combination of because it's up to 52 million. Probably there's some incentives in there, base salary and your signing bonus. By definition, that means 53 million is the salary in years two and year three. And we'll see if the Seahawks break from tradition and don't and do fully guarantee that for more than just injury. But it seems very likely to me that this is going to be a contract that at worst they're out of able to get out of in two years. And maybe they're even now able to get out of after one season. I'm, I don't think that's a good outcome because it means you're taking an enormous dead cap hit. But if you're doing that because of the fact that you have a quarterback under contract that you feel confident is capable of starting on a rookie contract, then taking that kind of hit might be worth it. So I, I mean, again, the, you know, this is a much larger commitment than the one the Seahawks made to Matt Flynn. But we saw the Seahawks go out and sign Matt Flynn to presumably be their starter and draft Russell Wilson. Granted, not in the first round, but, you know, with a, a day two pick Absolutely not that long situation. ago. I'm sorry, but it is. They drafted Russell Wilson in the third round and Russell Wilson went out and beat Matt Flynn. Like, yeah, I, I agree. That's a just slightly different level of investment. But, you know, I, I do think that 
the Seahawks are going to continue to explore all of their options. And one of those options is going to be drafting a quarterback in the first round. I think Maybe not at five, means, but somewhere in the sure. first round. I think what this means to me is the Seahawks think they can win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith and this roster. With adding the draft picks. I don't agree with that. If you think you, I mean, you don't you need to don't sign someone. You don't agree that they signed Geno. If they didn't think that they could win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith and this roster, I'll be straight up. They can win a Super Bowl with I mean, Geno yes, Smith and this can, roster. But I don't think, like, again, this is this is a short-term deal. But Geno Smith is already a quarterback well into his 30s. Like, you weren't going to sign any quarterback. This is not, it is a short-term deal. It's a prove-it deal. It's because he doesn't have a decade of success or whatever prior but this is the types of deals that quarterbacks like this are going to get. Yeah, it's a completely fair deal for him uh, and maybe a, a, a beneficial deal for the Seahawks if he performs as he did last season when he was more effective than, than Derek Carr was. So, you know, I, I, I'm not saying it's an unreasonable deal, but I, I just not saying that this means that Geno's don't go out and buy your Geno Smith jerseys because Geno Smith is going to be the Seahawks quarterback for year to come, years to come. For two years to come, at least, Geno Smith will be your quarterback of the Seahawks. I would say for one year to come, at least. Wow. I mean, we'll see what the structure of the contract him, looks like. Keep him on the fucking. No, I don't. I do not agree with that. If th- if that's how they viewed it, why not just keep him on the franchise tag then? Because I think they like. If, number one, there is the upside of if he plays really well this season, you've got him under contract at a lower amount than it would cost to franchise him a second time or to re-sign him at that point. Number two, I think you know Mike Sean pointed this out when we talked to him, had him on the pod a few weeks ago, that they didn't like the franchise tag idea because a thirty-two million dollar cap hit just coming onto your books yes. this year. I I think people overrate how big of a problem that is because you know basically if you're paying Gino less money this year it means that you're paying someone else more money this year that you could have paid them in the future if that makes sense like you're always just trading trading one thing for the other like there, there's you're never inventing dollars you're just moving them around basically but it is yes. easier to do that with Gino Smith and presumably the structure is my guess would be base salary this year is probably something in the range of 5 million. It's a $45 million bonus, 2 million in incentives. So it'd be a $15 million cap hit for the bonus. Plus the 5 million base salary is a $20 million cap hit this year, which is less than 32. And what about for next year? I mean, maybe that's even a little too aggressive. Maybe, maybe they'll even go like minimum salary this year and just the the all bonus signing bonus cap hit, which would then put it around 17 million plus incentives or something. And maybe the incentives are larger than I'm making them out to be. I just like the idea of a $45 million bonus because it's easily divided by three. And that's the kind of math I'm interested in doing at this point. I I also don't think why, why would you then, I, I, I don't know. This is a commitment to Geno Smith. I don't. I don't really buy that. If you're willing to commit 45 million in guarantee money to Geno Smith for one season, then you're planning on bringing him back for a second season. I mean, probably. And yes, the marginal cost at that point becomes much less. But I do think the Seahawks like the optionality amount of it or element of it. <sighs> well, you're wrong on this. There, I mean, it's th- it's like would you think back to the original Derek Carr contract? Like people were like, "Oh, Derek Carr, Raiders." You know, signed an extension, committed to the Raiders forever. He was gone one year later. Like, this is how it works in the NFL. Life comes at you fast. I'm more saying this is a commitment to this roster with Geno Smith as the quarterback. You don't buy that. This is a commitment to they're going to take these picks that they have in the first round, and they are going to try to make this a Super Bowl competing team in the next two years. 
I wouldn't be shocked if somebody like Bobby Wagner came back. Like I would still be surprised by that. Mike Sean wrote on the Athletic today that he thinks it's unlikely, a long shot. He thinks there's very little steam for it. Yeah. The but the reality is, I, I mean, you might sign a veteran linebacker. I just don't think that linebacker is going to be named Bobby Wagner. Like then and, people like glom on to Bobby Wagner, obviously because he was perhaps the greatest defensive player in this franchise's history. That's a debate for another day. And there were warm and fuzzy feelings after he played against the Seahawks this season. Can you think of any situation in NF recent NFL history where a team made a commitment to a quarterback like this and then drafted a quarterback in the top 10? In the top 10? It's no, a different, I, I don't think so. It is a so. different level of commitment to draft a quarterback. Well, I mean, 10. actually, I guess the answer is... Whoa, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract with San Francisco, isn't it? Then they traded, drafted Trey Lance in the top 10. They just signed Jimmy Garoppolo. I forget exactly what the timing of it was, but it couldn't have been that long beforehand that they had signed that Jimmy Garoppolo contract. I feel like the anticipation with the Trey Lance pick was to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo very quickly. Jimmy Garoppolo was a transition quarterback in that moment. Sure. He had signed that contract in 2019, and then they drafted Trey Lance two years later. It's a different situation. I think you're not recognizing. I mean, I guess I'm not, I'm just not sure what else there is to say, but we'll see. Like, again, I think we're going to learn a lot when we know the exact structure of this contract, but I think you're pretty right about the structure of the contract. It's possible the year two salary will be guaranteed entirely, or just like have such an early guarantee date that functionally it's guaranteed. Geno Smith does have greater degree of leverage than some of these non-skill position players that the Seahawks have dealt with. Obviously, Russell Wilson's extensions looked different than everyone else's in the past. So maybe it will be somewhat different. Well, and I think, I guess, moving beyond the what the Seahawks are going to do point, which again, I I strongly feel like the Seahawks, we're, this is not going to be a rebuilding offseason. I don't... Not even, but you can draft a quarterback at five and not have a rebuilding offseason. I mean, I don't, I don't think they will do that, but I'm saying you could because you still have three other picks in the first two rounds. That's why the Seahawks are that. in such a good situation here. But that's also why they want a, a quarterback I, in his prime. Feels kind of strange to say about Geno Smith, but it's his prime why. for sure. It's his prime. Nothing else was his prime. It's this. I, I do think if if you had seen them let Geno, this is the scenario that I laid out for you earlier was they they franchise chain Gino Smith. They let him sign somewhere else, get a draft pick back for him, go draft a quarterback early. I mean, if you let him sign somewhere else, there would be two first round. Picks. Well, they, they were negotiated trade with the team. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, they negotiated trade with the team. Gino's like, this team's going to pay me way more money. I'd rather do that than come back on the one year. We figure out a trade with them, whatever, right? I think that is a scenario that could have been hypothetically possible. If that happened, the timeline is no longer right now. The timeline is not Pete Carroll's timeline. Pete Carroll doesn't say to himself, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, whomever, right? Maybe if they had the first pick in the draft, it might look a little different. Pete Carroll doesn't say to himself, this is a person who never goes into a season thinking he's not going to go undefeated, as far as we know, right? This is a person who has the roster they had last year and the defense they had last year and shows the team clips of the 72 Dolphins. I mean, true, but also it's someone who's willing to make the trade they did with Russell Wilson. I think I think we've learned over time that that was a, not necessarily a trade that Pete Carroll wanted to make, but the situation was thrust upon them. 
Sure, I'm I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm just saying it's not like the Seahawks weren't willing to take a, what was clearly a step backwards. Even the most optimistic view, trading your star quarterback for the number nine pick and starting a rookie at left tackle instead of Dwayne Brown is viewing is prioritizing the longer term and not trying to win immediately this year. They, but they also played well this year, and so they have to prioritize now more a little more than other teams are going to. Right. And I think that's what they're doing with this Geno Smith deal. They're saying this roster that we have currently on the team, the young players that were drafted last year, plus Tyler Lockett, plus DK Metcalf, plus Jamal Adams, everybody like that. This is the core of the team that they see as being the team that could take them back to a Super Bowl. And I think they are saying that Geno Smith is that quarterback. And when you look at it statistically, understanding that Geno Smith. It, let's let's say that we took a step back and all we did was view this objectively from the stats that were had by Geno Smith this last year. Right? EPA plus CPOE. Geno Smith is worth a lot more than this contract. For sure. I mean, this is the position that Ben Baldwin came in with on our postseason, you know, pre offseason preview pod. It's weird. It's been kind of a roller coaster, I feel like, in in my th- expectations of what Geno Smith's contract is going to look like because he came in with that. And then Mike Sean in the pod that we had with him and previously in his reporting at the athletic had pointed out that talking to people at the the senior bowl that, you know, there was an anticipation that the fact that there wasn't a large track record of Geno Smith starting was going to work against him. So that that brought it back down. And then people started saying Daniel Jones contracts numbers with a four at the front of them. And it was like, oh man, how big is this contract going to be? And then I feel like in the end, it kind of ended up more or less where I thought it was going to be. I might have said three years, I might have said three years, 90 million when we first did that pod with Ben. I think so. So it's a little more than that. 90 to a hundred. But, but the, the number that you saw from Derek Carr, again, this is just judging one season. I understand there are more seasons that matter, but like, and and it's looking at just these specific numbers, but he's in the territory with Dak, the Dak Prescotts and players like that, right? He He's not far off from the Joe Burrows of the world, right? You finished seventh, one spot behind Joe Burrow, one spot ahead of Dak Prescott, way ahead of Justin Herbert, way ahead of Daniel Jones, ahead of Lamar Jackson, ahead of Kirk Cousins, ahead of Ryan Tannehill, ahead of a lot of very, very good and highly paid quarterbacks. And so this ultimately, again, Understanding there is a lot of info that goes into this Geno Smith contract. If what the Seahawks got in 2023 was an exact replica of the season they got from Geno Smith in 2022, it would be a steal of a deal for a quarterback like this. 100%. And that's why I think I was probably a little less excited about the idea of trading Geno than you were. Also, I'm just not quite as convinced because, you know, if you think that Derek Carr and Geno Smith are roughly equivalent quarterbacks, and then you're trading a first round pick to pay him that market value. Like effectively now you're paying him. You know, I, I forget what the number was that, that Ben came up with. Paying who a first round pick though? Paying sending the Seahawks a first round pick. I'm saying now you're paying the net value of that first round pick plus Gino's contract. Oh, so yeah. it's and like it, a it might have been that there wasn't a team contract. willing to do it. Like the teams that were out there that Gino's agent was canvassing. Or whatever, we're like, yeah, we'd be interested, but only if the Seahawks let him walk. Right. And so it's like it it might not have been the deal. There might have been a team that was willing to let or willing to sign Geno Smith 
for slightly more money. But because of the tool of the franchise tag the NFL yeah. has, the Seahawks got the leverage for it where it meant for those teams. It'd have to be like, it, they, again, they could talk to the Seahawks and be like, are you going to franchise me? Yes. Therefore, if you're the Jets or the Buccaneers or whatever, you'd have to pay those things. And I think that's probably ultimately what it came down to is maybe there were teams who were willing to pay Geno Smith more money, but they weren't willing to pay Geno Smith more money and also give up two first round picks or a first round pick or anything where he's just, he's a little bit too unproven in the longer term to be worth that. And I do think we have seen almost no quarterbacks be signed with the franchise tag, right? I mean, I'm trying to think of the last quarterback other than Cousins who was did, franchise tagged. Did they franchise? Dak was, yes. Oh, so I guess he had franchised. But mm-hmm. the the Washington, the Vikings didn't pay draft picks back to Washington for Green. no, 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 no. He had played out the two years and then was unrestricted yeah. and went to the Vikings. I'm saying those all the, the examples I can think of as before. players. Yes, it's very rare you see guys even get to the franchise tag, and when they do, they typically stay. I mean, the closest we had was Russell Wilson last year, which it wasn't on the franchise tag, but a team that was willing to pay the picks plus pay the player after that for a quarterback. And it's, I guess, maybe Stafford also did he sign an, He must have signed an extension with the Rams. Not immediately. He signed one after they won the Super Bowl, I believe. I mean, for, for the Seahawks to be in that position where, again, who would you rather have as your quarterback next year? Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, or Geno Smith? To me, it's pretty obvious who you would take of those three quarterbacks. And to not have to give up any draft capital to do it, to have gotten draft capital back, the Seahawks are in a great position from this. They are in an incredible position from this. And now it's going to come down to filling out the roster with the rest of those draft picks that they got for Russell Wilson. It seems like they've hit on uh, quite a few from this previous year, building that young core. And again, could it be two years from now that the Seahawks defense is one of the top five defenses in the NFL. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Let's, let's hope for top 10 first. Let's, let's aim for that. Okay. That the Seahawks defense is one of the top 10 defenses in the NFL. And you have a Geno Smith with a still in his prime DK Metcalf and the draft pick, the wide receiver that they draft in the first round this year. Well, you're just really Tyler Lockett out and Tyler Lockett. Okay. No, I'm just saying like, I, I could see how you could be the Seahawks and say to yourself, I mean, you, you could see how recently the Rams imploded, right? Because the Rams invested in winning a Super Bowl and they imploded pretty immediately after that. It's not a competitive Rams team going forward. And I think they're looking around the division. They're saying that a similar situation would be shocked if it happened in the 49ers. At the very least, you've got a lot of questions about the quarterback situation for the Niners next season. And the cap almost always comes for everybody. Roster's age. Uh, the Rams are maybe not in a rebuild, but they're like, they're reset, like, sta- they're starting. Yeah, they're in a reset, but they're starting the rebuild. Like, I will see if Stafford is the quarterback there after this next year. And the Cardinals are one of the worst run franchises in the NFL. So, <laughs> and make their players pay for their meals, as we learned last week from the NFL PA survey. <laughs> I mean, I think if you looked around the division in the next two years, you could say it is pretty open and maybe the Seahawks have the second best looking roster over. If you were to project out two years, best rosters, I mean, you still have to go to the Niners, obviously, but then are the, the Seahawks are probably number two and they say a little bit of luck and they could be winning the NFC West. And that would put you in a great position for the entire NFC. So I get it. I get how they got here and I get why they got here and they're going to be adding 
whether it's the fifth pick in the draft plus the 20th pick in the draft, or whether it's the fifth pick in the draft, or whether it's a slightly later pick in the first round, adding that level of talent plus the other first and second round picks, it's going to be a it's going to be a pretty talented team over these next two seasons. Yeah, before the extension was announced, during this conversation we was ha- we were having that was the podcast before the podcast, you were saying, asking, why don't I believe in drafting a quarterback at number five? And my answer, you know, it's because, as you pointed out, Ben's research last week showed it's a mistake to draft a non-skill, non-quarterback player that high in the draft. And my answer was, well, you have that third option, which is trading down, which was definitely my preferred option for the Seahawks at pretty much any point. Uh, maybe even stronger now. I I think ultimately what I come to is this is a contract that both sides can feel good about. In Gino's case, it's a much bigger guaranteed number than the franchise tag would have been. And if for some reason the Seahawks do move on, it's not like his salary is going to go to zero after that. So, you know, even without a lot of long-term guarantee, I I still think it's a, a better situation for him than playing on the franchise tag would have been. And from the Seahawks standpoint, again, you get that that flexibility. You either have what looks like probably a, a pretty reasonable Geno Smith contract going forward or the ability to get out of this pretty quickly. And I think that's that's where they wanted to be. Yeah, and, and I also, you wrapped it up very nicely there, but I do have to say, <laughs> just on a personal level, it is awesome that this is happening to Geno Smith. Of course. And the, like... Again, would it have been very fun for the Seahawks to have drafted and traded Geno Smith, drafted Anthony Richardson? It would have been really, really fun, right? I feel like I'm going to emerge as the not on the Anthony Richardson bandwagon person here by default. The, the thing is, Josh Allen has made it that you can't ever take a victory lap. Like, you'll, ha- you'll have to, Geno Smith has made it that you can't ever take a victory lap. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're going you to have to wait unless he is full Zach Willen. Zach Wilson, Josh Rosen territory. Like you're gonna, you're gonna have to wait to take the victory lap for so long that that's fine. Take that corner, okay? <laughs> it's true, but I can take the victory lap on you saying that Geno Smith was going to sign on July 13th or whatever date that was. Uh, the we exact have, day. we have proven that one wrong. It was I said two he was days going to before sign the deadline to buy. Then didn't I? No, you said he was going to sign on that day. I mean, Jimmer has it saved. So he'll be able to tell us what the what the story is here. But that's uh, really funny. I feel like I might have said he was going to sign by that date. No, you said he was going to sign on that day. I called the exact date. I did. We are joined now by third Pelton brother Ben Baldwin to give his quick feedback on the Geno Smith deal. Uh, you you uh, you were pretty much on the mark here with what was going to happen. Yeah, I, I actually started to doubt after our, our conversation later, um, in, including for reasons like uh, when MSD came on your podcast and it sounded like he had somewhat lower expectations. And then even earlier today, I was looking at the teams that might be interested in a quarterback and they're, like maybe there's some of the N- NFC South teams, but other than that, like the Jets are after Aaron Rodgers, the Saints just got... Uh, Derek Carr, a bunch of teams are going to draft quarterbacks. So if the Seahawks don't tag Geno Smith and there's not a big offer out there, then then maybe the the people that think he's going to come in for less than $30 million are right. But that turned out to be wrong, and here he is with his $35 million a year. Derek Carr or Geno Smith, how, how do you compare the two of those going forward? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's reasonable that they – 
signed for similar values. They're Geno Smith is a couple years older and has obviously has um, a much less lengthy track record of production, but I I guess I would if I had to pick between one of the two, I would pick the one that has had like a, a pretty high end season and not much else recently, rather than a lot of pretty average seasons, which is what we've seen from Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is more of a a known quantity and the the Saints paying him, he, he's going to have a pretty low cap hit for the next two years, so it's, it's not like it's going to completely cripple their roster, but it's hard to see them like competing for championships while he's there. And that, that's probably true for the Seahawks too, but um, I, I think... Don't listen to the first part of this podcast then. <laughs> marginally higher likelihood of playing out of his mind for a little bit of time like we saw earlier this season. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what I missed in the, the rest of this podcast. And, and as Tristan got into earlier, the the ability of the Seahawks to improve with their draft picks is something that differentiates them from the Saints, who don't have their first round pick. Distinctly do not. Yes. Yeah, and and the Seahawks, we'll see what they actually end up doing that, but they could. Tur- they have a lot of draft picks, and they could if they really don't take a quarterback to number five, they really could turn that pick into even more picks and potentially further improve their roster. The best thing about having a pick is turning it into more picks. Uh, what, what do you do? You feel like this ends the possibility of the Seahawks drafting a quarterback in the first round? Ends is probably too strong. That doesn't ESPN's Kevin Pelton have a any chance role or something like that? Is, is that the right name of, of the that, role? That is so, it. Yes. So if, if there is some guy that they really loved and he fell to them at twenty, then I don't think it would be completely out of the question that they took a quarterback because. Um, especially if it's someone someone that they see who needs to develop for some time, then having Geno Smith and playing for two years, and then I, I don't know what the outs are on this deal, but if, if they could move on after, potentially after two years, and if they like the quarterback, or even more than two years, like the, the Packers have been doing with Jordan Love, then John Snyder John is the one who always talks about the importance of continually drafting quarterbacks, and they never really did it with Russell Wilson because he was always healthy and always starting, but uh, but I'm sure it's something that at least Schneider is thinking. Do you think it is possible that Anthony Richardson goes before the number five pick? Yes. That was another conversation I had with myself earlier today. It was like, okay, maybe they need to trade up if they actually want to get him, but that I don't think is happening. (laughs) Two consecutive L's for ESPN's Kevin Pelton. Thank you. (laughs) That's very rare. We didn't talk about the 20th pick. That's the any chance rule. We were talking about the first pick though. We weren't talking about, I said you were talking the about the Seahawks. You're, you, it would be a little bit different drafting somebody with the later pick. I still think it would be pretty unprecedented. Uh, I'm talking about that first pick, though. Not if somebody falls to 20. That's a different situation. I mean, I don't think we should limit it to diff- 5 and 20 because I don't think the Seahawks, the Seahawks might not end up making either of those picks. Like, it is a different know. commitment to draft a quarterback in the top five than it is to draft a quarterback in 20 and beyond. You agree with that, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm ruling out the commitment to a quarterback drafted in the top five. I mean, the idea that, you know, I floated when we had Mike on was you trade down from five and use part of that, that draft capital to trade up from 20 if someone slides into the teens. Like, that's the kind of scenario I think. I, 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 I don't totally rule out the five because, I mean, they did talk about it last week. But, you know, again, I didn't, didn't think that necessarily changed my priors much either that they said that. Yeah, I think that age well. Like all the stuff about meeting with Anthony Richardson, like I'm sure they 
like him as a prospect and enjoyed meeting with him. But um, more than anything else, maybe that was useful for saying, okay, Gino, if you don't sign, then we have all these other options too. It helped him in a lot of ways. I mean, that's what we talked about was if he is there at five, again, I, I don't think it's impossible that he gets taken ahead of that. But if he is there at five and somebody else is excited about them, about him, the Seahawks could still reasonably say that they would draft him and it might increase the value because picks you get more draft capital in return. Somebody's going to get a quarterback than almost any other position. Yep. Yep. Well, the, the other question that we had for you, Ben, is if, if this deal, the thing we talked about was if Gino performs at the exact same level as he did statistically in 2022, this deal is, a, as far as we've seen for quarterbacks go outside of their rookie contracts, this is kind of a steal. Do you do you agree with that perspective? Uh, I think steal is probably calling it a little bit better than it actually is, but it, it it's like close to the market rate for a, a starting level quarterback, which is about what, what he would be. So it's, yeah, it's cheaper than he would get if, if he had put together last season over a bunch of different seasons. So if he does continue to play like this, they probably got a little bit of a discount in that sense, but they're like over the course of the whole season, uh, possibly including the playoffs, which may or may not be a good idea. Their, their passing offense finished, what was it like borderline top 10 or something like that, which, which is pretty good, but they, they also have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And until the end of the season, when their offensive line fell apart, pretty good pass protection. So, all those quarterbacks that we've talked about that got deals like he's gotten, like Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr, like I, I think a lot of those guys could also put up similar numbers in that situation in Seattle. So they are probably getting about what they paid for. So in the long run, if you are trying to talk yourself into the Seahawks being contenders, then you just got to hope that they have another absolute home run draft class like they did last year. Yep. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ben. Yep, glad I made it. Thanks, guys. You can litigate our arguments. <laughs> <laughs> it is rare that, well, yeah, I didn't know who's, who made which argument, but if I really was siding with Tristan, two of two, that's pretty rare. <laughs> it was more, more siding with me, I guess, than not. Yes, I think that's fair. I, I don't I don't want to say it was completely siding with me. If, if Richardson falls and then the Seahawks don't draft and then Kevin can make fun of us later. <laughs> I, there's no way he's falling at 20. <laughs> don't i i think he goes in the maybe in the late in the top 10 maybe in the team he's going in the top 10 for sure somebody's gonna say this is josh allen but faster i suppose so uh, uh we will be back later this week with our full podcast probably have more details on the geno contract by then to discuss but the other thing we should note now is that tickets are going fast for Pelton Cast Live Spring 2023 coming up April 21st at Belton Yacht Club, including a preview of the 2023 NFL draft that we've been talking so much about with Danny Kelly of The Ringer. We are down to under single-digit tickets remaining. So if you want to be sure that you can come to Pelton Cast Live Spring 2023, be sure to get your tickets now. All right. Thanks, guys. Right. See you later. Thanks, Ben. Well, thanks for joining us, Ben. And on that note, thanks for listening.